It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a special episode of 20 Minute Tim's Extra Time. And on this episode, we are joined once again by Chris Sutton. How are you getting on, Chris? Very, very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And Stephen, as Chris runs through his all-time 11 of teammates. Yeah, we had an idea recently. We, we're familiar with uh, another platform, popular with Scottish football fans, that has former players on and ask them about their, their best teammates, their, their all-time 11, their dream team. But how this came about was we on the podcast and we as Celtic fans grew kind of tired of hearing about how good Kenny Miller and Chris Boyd and Barry Ferguson and Craig Moore and Stephen Kloss are because it's just <laughs> relentless. It's just relentless Rangers players who are on there. So we thought, why not? There were some, there were some real... good ones. There were some yeah, good yeah. ones in there. <laughs> yeah, why not contact a real player to, to tell us about his teammates? So uh, if, if you would, we'd like to hear your all-time 11 that you played football with. Any clubs, all clubs, Any all, all clubs, even, anything oh, at all. Wow. Let's start, let's start at the back, Chris. Let's go goalkeeper. Uh, the goalkeeper would be uh, Tim Flowers, who mm-hmm. I played with Blackburn. at Blackburn Rovers. Uh, he he was he was a brilliant, brilliant shot stopper, and we won the league ninety four, ninety five. There was a game before the end of the season where he did the most ridiculous interview after it, talking about bottle, but he made. That day he made, and I'm not just talking about this day, but he made some un- fabulous saves. He was so agile. What I really liked about him, and this isn't doing any of the other goalkeepers I did down, is that he was the most intense trainer uh, you'd ever see. Uh, incredible, the training which yeah. he did. Uh, put the hard yards in. I'm always a big admirer of people who who do that, who, who, who do the work. And then on the match day, when he's making a, a, a finger sit, a fingertip save, you know, that when it's at full stretch because he's had the power in his legs where he can get up and, and get the ball around the post, get everything they, they deserve. Um, I think Arthur Boric, and I didn't play with him for very long at Celtic. I really did like the look of him. I thought he yeah. was you know, really outstanding goalkeeper. He was quite a shy lad when he first signed Arthur, but he... they. Certainly, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Came out of that. I think that was when I left. But uh, but Tim Flowers would be the best keeper I played with. I can't possibly tempt you with Magnus Hedman then. You uh, you can try. You can keep trying. <laughs> um, uh, he right. cost us, didn't he, Magnus? Oh dear. Mm. The one, the one in Leon, where I mean, they scored from the halfway line. Dear me. 
Let's hear it. Um, let's hear your, your right back of choice. Oh, that's tough. You know, right right back's tough. So I'm, I mean, I'm, so I'm thinking. Uh, I played with Henning Berg, but I, poss- I couldn't possibly have him in, no. although he was very very good at Blackburn Rovers. But uh, I don't want to anger you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it. This is a toss of a coin. This between Didier or Gat, and you may say, well, was he a right back? Or was he a wing back? Mm-hmm. And I get that. Or Jackie Mack. And I'm I'm gonna say today I'm gonna say Jackie Mack. Mm. Uh, but I think it's really close because Didier Agat. I mean, sometimes when he crossed the ball, you'd you'd sit and think, has he actually played football before? Has he won a sort of <laughs> raffle ticket to, to come and play for this team? But in the big games, he he was incredible. Ronaldinho, I remember, you know, the game well. Couldn't couldn't get past him, did he? You know, he's he's brilliant defensive, but yes, he was quick. But he used to strike fear into uh, into into all the fullbacks he played against. His trick was, I mean, it was a lovely trick, wasn't it? And I wish I had it. I'll just boot the ball past you and just just take you out. I, I always used to think Arthur Newman was a very, very good fullback. But Didier really gave him a tough, tough time when he played against him. As he, you know, Arthur Newman seemed to be... Uh, you know, in fear of him in many respects, but but I think Jackie Mack, if you're talking in terms of all-round quality, uh, Jackie had a, a a lovely nasty side to him where everyone thinks, oh, Jackie's the cute one, he smiles a lot, this that and the other. He was horrible. <laughs> he was that despicable at times. But you you needed that edge. Um, but he he was a really clever player, and I put him at fullback. But you know, we all know Jackie could play. Anywhere, centre mid, yeah. centre half, left back, and he was a dream for a manager. Uh, but he he was a a really intelligent footballer. Jackie was. What about um, right? We'll go right across uh, centre half. Now I'm going to. I know you played with a lot of great centre halves at Celtic, but you also played with Marcel Desailly, didn't you? Yeah, the Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, I mean, he he would be a hard one to leave out, but. Um, I'm going to leave him out for this, right. just for this, because I'm going. You, you know, I'm going I'm to have Mialbi in because I thought Mialbi was the best decision maker uh, as a centre half. Really admired him as a bloke. Um, he scared me as a bloke, as well. Uh, but that wasn't the reason I admired him. I thought he was a, he was a really great defender, great defender, and uh, and I do mean that. wasn't wasn't lightning quick but read the game superbly well and just made good decisions. And when you want, you know, and steady's a disservice, but what you want from a centre-half is you don't want anybody who, you know, does anything daft or, you know, anything stupid and takes a chance. He didn't take chances. He was just, he was a, he was a dream, really, from certainly for Martin. You know, Martin moved him from midfield, came in. I thought, blimey, he may be surplus to requirements, but he came in, knuckled down. Martin always had that knack of seeing players. I mean, how, how'd you do that? Um, you know, Didier Akat was a centre forward, wasn't he, for Hibs mm-hmm. and came in. Martin put him as a right back. How did he see that? Same with, with me, Albi. And, uh, I, you know, I thought an outstanding servant for Celtic, but. Uh, uh, Bloody good player he was. And the other centre-half I'd have, and I'm going to have him for his first season, and his first season alone was Jos Valharan. Right. Oh. Um, he was your who, roommate, wasn't he, for a while? Well, he was a roommate for about five months until I just depressed him so much. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I used to, there's only banter. I used to wake up every day and say, Yoss, I think we've got a bad feeling about today. I think we're going to get pumped. And it's a, it's a, shut up, Sutton. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> but he was a good, but he, when he first came, he was the same, same time as me, wasn't he, uh, Yoss? Um, I thought I thought he was uh, absolutely brilliant. He had everything, pace, tenacity, read the game well. Um, but that, you know, he was very, very, very good player. So I'll I'll stick him in ahead of Desai for the the purpose of this pod. You would have crossed paths with John Terry at one point, uh, possibly. Yeah, Chelsea he was, was a young Elidon. John Terry. I can't. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, you, you know, you're being pernickety there, aren't you? Because <laughs> I'm not. He wasn't in the first team then. I can't. I can't oh, okay. count him. Him. Or I hope he wasn't. You're not going to come up with a stat which he was, are you? No, he must have been very young. Moving into midfield, uh, I think you're spoiled for choice in midfield somewhat. Are you, are you missing out left backs? Oh, of course, no. You're quite right. I, who, who are we having at left back? Glad you're here, Chris. <laughs> oh, blimey. Left, left back, Graham Lasso was very good mm-hmm. at, uh, at Blackburn Rovers. Um, Oh, uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm going to have. Uh, can I have one you you probably wouldn't have heard of? Go for it. Oh. Um, Mark Bowen, who it was the current current Reading manager, I think. When I was at Norwich, he was a player who had a huge influence on me. Um, and, and when I say huge influence, in taking the time out to speak to me, to help me, to nurture me, to, to talking about movements, how I should run, where I should run. And I, he, he was probably at times a little bit suspect defensively, but uh, he he had a, a, a huge impact on, on my career. So I would uh, I would put him in. Moving into midfield now. Now that we're now that we're ready again, probably probably spoilt for choice in midfield. Uh, Petrov, tough, yeah. Lubo, um, Tim Sherwood, obviously for Blackburn. Oh blimey! Yeah, this this is. I mean, it's very tough. I, I definitely have Stillian in there. I thought that that probably my uh, the most enjoyable time when Stillian was playing as a midfielder and, and really bombing on and some of the sort of football we played in that particular time was really very good what i liked about stillian is we 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 built this relationship where i knew exactly what he was going to do when the ball was going into him and he knew exactly where i'd be and then it, it became quite seamless but really you know lovely to play in like clockwork and then you'd have you know you'd have Henrik there as well and we all knew each other's positioning but I thought that uh, another player who Martin you know he was a chubby right back wasn't he when um, when Martin arrived and Martin sort of got into into shape and another one who Martin had the eye for but what a brilliant career he had not not just at Celtic but Villa as well but he was such a good player used his but he had that he had that uh, ability, used his body so well. He had a big backside, Stillian did, and he used to use it and, and turn, and he had a yard or two to get away with, uh, to get away from other midfielders. But then he could he could see a pass as well. Uh, so, yeah, he was he was phenomenal. Uh, alongside him, I'd probably have old uh, Neil Lennon. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounded grudging. You sort of sounded grudging. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I, I was trying to think of a, a positive forward pass which he made, and I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> but anybody who could have the career he had playing the ball sideways and backwards, <laughs> I take my hat off to him. Um, what? About the, I'll be deadly serious now. 
right. he had such incredibly incredible discipline honestly to mm-hmm. to play the position which he had and to be as disciplined you actually need somebody like that in it's the quite team. a thankless role it seems to me like yeah uh, what, what's it quite uh, thankless well well um and the role's not, you know, it wasn't a, a, a role for someone with a with a huge ego. It was about the team ethic. Mm. And he was so, it's such an important cog. Without him, other players don't have that freedom. But the discipline yeah. aspect, aspect, when I say about not passing forward, there's a bit of tongue in cheek there. But he did, you know, he, he wasn't known for his range of passing with the likes of Alan Thompson, who was the total opposite, who was a maverick, who mm. who would in some respects he would he he would uh he would try sort of miracle passes all the time, Alan would. Uh, and uh, but Neil would Neil would be the one who would uh who would who would play safe. But his his role really was to break the play up and uh and and that's what he did. And that's why he was such an important part. He's he's a great reader of the game. And the other thing was and you know, he looks a bit out of, out of, slightly out of shape now, as we all do as we we get older. He was such a hard worker, always in the gym, looking after himself. And I think he never got enough. It's not he deserved credit for that. That's what you should be doing. But he was he was such a serious professional, meticulous. Um, when we did the running, always at the front in the, you know, in the, in the running, and took a great pride. In the way that he he trained and uh, and played, and I I have the utmost admiration for him. You know, he's such an important player for us. And when you when you have the likes of uh, you know you Paul Lambert, who was a great footballer, um, you know, so it's a very 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 close one. But I think that every team needs a Neil Lennon. Hence, look at what Scott Brown has achieved. Do you think Neil is underrated as a footballer? Because I think everyone. Everyone takes for granted that Neil Lennon is a or something of a Celtic legend, but he's tend to he's remain remembered more for being this this firebrand, you know, the the guy who keeps it ticking in midfield and and so on, a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. But do you think it, there's a certain element that he's underrated as a a pretty technically gifted footballer when you actually go back and watch him? Um, but he's not he's not underrated by the the uh, the the people who matter most and that's yeah. his managers and that's and and that's his players we all knew how good he was i mean you know other players i played with ian crook was a phenomenal i mean you wouldn't have even heard of ian crook probably but he used that to knowledge. smoke for, for, yeah 40 cigarettes yeah. a day uh couldn't <laughs> tackle couldn't head but probably the best passer of a ball couldn't run uh the best passer of a ball i ever played with and another one who had a big influence on on my career he was a he was a wonderful wonderful player he he was uh, brought up at the uh, spurs and actually came to norwich because i think it was glenn hoddle who was who was keeping him out of the the spurs team at that particular time he got his opportunity at norwich but another player who had a big influence and then had the likes of tim sherwood who you've mentioned at um at blackburn who was a really and talk about underrated another really clever Footballer who all his teammates knew how good he was, but never really got the praise that he deserved. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, so we've got we've got two more midfielders to choose from. I'll uh, well, I'll have Lubo Moravchik in there somewhere, anywhere. It doesn't yeah. matter. He can do what he wants, uh, as he mainly did uh, when he was at Celtic, and that was all the other the players around him who did the grafting. But when you're as good as he was, then uh, I mean, you, you know, you you have to find a way to get him in the team. Left foot, right foot, well documented. People couldn't tell which which foot he kicked with um, because he, he was so good. I actually, you know, when I turned up at Celtic, I thought, who is, who is this guy? I didn't, I didn't know him. And well, most was, people would probably say that. that. I was going to ask you that. Were you surprised that when you turned up to Celtic, there was this guy up here who was an absolutely sensational player that you'd probably mm. never heard of before? Yeah, totally. And I, I, I used to think, and I still think, what, what was wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What have I do? And yeah. I say that in a ser- serious um serious manner because I always you know thought what why why didn't Lubo I mean he achieved great things at Celtic but he was on his way say physically he was on his way down he was on his way down physically when he ended up at Celtic you think what you know why didn't your career really kick off uh which a player of his ability should have done and you know I'm not saying I'm not I'm not degrading his career I'm yeah. just saying for somebody who was as good and could do what he he could do, in many respects in training, you know, the likes of himself and, and Henrik, they could, they could embarrass players who they were training with, good players, with their ability and, and, and what to do. I remember he once hit the ball from about 35 yards. He was at, 
he was on the um, on the right hand side in training, and he bent into the top corner, floated it with the outside of his right boot, boot into the top corner, and just what you know didn't say anything or didn't say, just walked off, and you're thinking, geez, if, you know, if I if I scored a goal like that, I'd have ran around the training ground <laughs> naked for you know, I'd have done three laps, uh, which wouldn't have been a good watch, but jumped over the fence, you know, that was. He just took, but he was that good. He could do that. But it, you know, we all we all know the goals he scored. I mean, there's some some DVD that. I suppose it's it's kind of you are left with questions. Where were AC Milan? Where were where was the move to a Borussia Dortmund or a or a Lyon or, or something? I think he he spent a lot of his career in France, but even then, it wasn't with one of the bigger clubs. It wasn't with a Marseille or a PS no PS PSG or a wee bit after his time in France. But it was. It was Bastia and, and teams like yeah. that he would be playing for. It is, it is a puzzler, but I think ultimately, if he had maybe received the the accolades, the reputation that he richly deserved, he probably never would have ended up at Celtic in the first place. So I, th- I suppose yeah. we, we have to be grateful for the, the small mercies there. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Um, the other point, you know, if I'm being totally honest, uh, totally, totally honest, uh, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to upset Lubo in any way. I suppose that he would reflect on his career and the talent which he had and thought, you know, as, as you say, he ended up at St Etienne and, and Bastia. He was capable of, you know, so much more, really, with ju- just for skill levels. I was lucky, yeah. and I, I played with the likes of Zola. I played with the likes of George Weir uh, briefly, um, two times World Foot- Footballer of the Year. And and these guys were were geniuses, you know, clever on the ball, intelligent, could could see a pass, and you know, George, we we're a bit different to um, to, to Zola, but Zola a, a similar type of player to you know to Lubo, and you you know look at the look at the career he had, and but but Lubo had had the talent, you know, there wasn't you you look at him and you think, what is wrong with you technically? What and there wasn't. There wasn't. No. He was. He he could he could do absolutely everything, and he he could do everything, and it came. It seemed to have come easy to him, which most sort of laymen like myself, you know, you always have to have to get up and do the hard yards. We've got another space for a midfielder in here, Chris, and then we're going to move up front. Yeah, I'm going to go rule Fox. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, player he was for Norwich City right wing another one who had a, an enormous impact on my career and how I kicked on um, I scored 25 Premier League goals for Norwich that was they realised I was a liability uh, at the back moved me up front Mike Walker did we had the season which you might remember by Munich where we you know we knocked them out of the UEFA Cup long time ago now but another one who had a huge influence in in the way I played as much as anything and and taught me really about uh, strike partnerships, about how to move, where to move, coming off the right. He could play just in behind, or he could play off the off the right hand side as well. And he used to chop in a lot and pass and follow. And it was those years which were really important to me in and uh, in respect of grooving my game, understanding how to play, where to stand, where to move, when to make when there was space in behind to make the movements. And he would he would be demanding of that. And he was a really talented player. So because of that, I would uh, certainly put him in. Up front, um 
I think this is this might be quite easy for you. And, and look, <laughs> you can include yourself, just so you know. If you want to include yourself in this perfect eleven, all time eleven, you can do that. Well, uh, should I? Should I? Should I? Should I? Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna the, the obvious one. Uh, do, do I even need to say? Uh, <laughs> you know, the greatest of all time. I, I do think that. I mean, I can't speak highly enough about him. Um, Henrik about what what he achieved, what he gave to the team, and and probably the biggest thing, you know, while he was a great player, he was he was one of the boys. He he was uh, the hardest worker. He was a grafter. He he put the, put the uh, shift in. He was totally totally unselfish. Um, always wanted to uh, to be the the. The, the top scorer, the main man, I got that, but totally unselfish as well. And I always really respected him a lot for that. Uh, ruthless, you wouldn't want to cross him. You wouldn't want to speak to him uh, at any time before kickoff, uh, three o'clock on a, a Saturday afternoon, because he was just so focused. Yeah, he, you know, he would have he would have ripped your head off had you said said anything sort of out of tune. Um, just you know, total admiration for him. Um, his his whole career didn't didn't get the credit he deserved for what he did at Celtic, in my opinion. Went to uh, Barcelona, won them the Champions League. Went to Manchester United when he was finished, yeah. and uh, it t- tells you everything. I think you know the players they had there at that time. Um, total respect for him. Um, and and United fans saw him at the end. Celtic fans saw him in his pomp. Absolutely unbelievable player. I, I, I mean, like you say, it almost goes without saying. We're doing a we do a sort of a, a month a, a podcast series on Martin O'Neill's time. Uh, so we're going back and watching all the games from that period, and then sort of digesting them and talking about them individually, and going back and watching Henrik Larsson. You know, you know was. 20 odd years ago I was quite young then but I still remember watching them but going back and watching them now in a modern context you just think God this guy is absolutely unbelievable yeah, mm, yeah. Okay, from Henrik I'm gonna go for the, uh, Alan Shearer right. he, he, ha- he has to be in mm. and um, I mean you know people always ask that we always have the debate who would you rather play with whatever people you know <laughs> like to think about Shearer he was a phenomenon uh, goal scoring 260 Premier League goals um, that low back lift similar to Henrik in that he wasn't the biggest but excellent in the air when I yeah. played with him at, at Blackburn as well he had the um, he had that ability to to um, to run a channel he was a powerful runner he had that little trick out wide where he'd shift the ball and, and whip it in and great delivery um, he was similar to Henrik. Wanted to be, you know, the the number one, and uh, and I got that. But you just have to look at his goal scoring record. You just have to look at what's happened in the Premier League over the years, and yet nobody. There's talk of Harry Kane might catch him, mm. but just for his pure volume of games and the fact that similar to Henrik, he came through a couple of um, serious injuries and came back. Um, and uh, and played to to the level and and these were two players in my opinion who were mentally tougher than anybody else I I played with they you, you couldn't 
you really couldn't there was nothing you could do to to sway their focus and their belief as a as a striker at times i experienced moments where i used to train exceptionally hard really practice my finishing a lot um but at times i think certainly my spell at chelsea um and i've mentioned this before is is i hesitated mm. i never once saw and hesitation of course you can't do that as a strike you need to be instinctive you need to be proactive you need to suss things out as soon as soon as there's there's an element of doubt in your play then you've got a massive problem as a striker and i think you know it happens to a lot of strikers that happened to me never saw it with larson never saw it with shearer and that's what that's why they were great and you know there's an argument we use the word great too much for for certain players but these two were legendary great players and and you know people will talk about them for years and years and years and their records will will stand up for years and years and years and quite rightly so just listening to you given both of these examples it's it's kind of occurred to me that i can't really think of any other players i'm sure there might be examples out there i can't think of any off the top of my head such as yourself who have become synonymous with not one but two and basically era-defining striker partnerships. I mean, if you're lucky, a player will be involved in one partnership in his career, but to have been involved in two of those seems somewhat unique to me. That's, um, I don't know if you consider that a, a, a kind of an honour in your career. Yes, I do. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think with, with regards to uh, to both partnerships, I, you know, I'm not saying that, that they needed me, but I mean, for example, at uh, at Celtic, when I you know moved up for big money, I, I went to see Henrik when he was on the I think it was Denmark the first preseason, and I just got chatting with him and came up and just said you know I want to have a good good relationship with you. I'll pass to to you if I'm in, you know if you're on and what have you. And I'm you know I'm not here. I'm not a threat. I want to play with you. From that moment, um, he was absolutely brilliant with us and because there's no doubt that strikers are a strange you know they're strange people in the fact that you have strikers who and this may have been a weakness within me you have strikers who who want to be uh top goal scorer you, you know that it's all about how many they score and i always felt that with you know that was the case with you know henrik and you know and alan and, and john hartson to an extent as well and you need to have that ruthless side to you. I, I, I think it's important. And maybe I didn't have that enough, but I did understand my role within the team. I did understand my strength. And I mentioned the players at Norwich, um, you know, the likes of Rule Foxy and Crook Mark Bowen earlier. What I did learn there is I, I learned how to become a, uh, a, a, a focal point and how to show for the ball. And I always thought that, while I scored, you know, enough goals throughout my career, I always thought my biggest strength, and I don't you know, other people are entitled to have their opinion, was me being a foil. And I always played my best football with somebody like a Shearer or a Larson. I had a good season with Kevin Gallagher at uh, Blackburn yeah. Rovers. We both scored a lot of goals. In my younger days at Norwich, Efenakuku, I used to love playing with him. I'd be the one. I'd be. I'd be the target type, the one who would drop in, and I'd help things in behind. He was so quick. 
Efna Kuku. And uh, so I always played better, you know, and there's a strong argument and I'll look at it now and, and think, you know, the role Odson Edward plays when he plays as a, as a, as a lone striker. Odson Edward has that little bit of pace as well, which is something which I, which I maybe would have lacked to, to play that position absolutely brilliantly. I was always better with people in and around me. And that's what, you know, playing with Larson and Shearer was always about. And, you know, the early days, the, the learning at Norwich City was always about making sure you get across on the side of the ball. You work exceptionally hard to do that. You get in line with the other centre forward. And we always used to be quite good at the little overs and playing around the corner and, and things. And that that doesn't happen unless you have a, a, a real understanding of, of the way each other plays. But I always used to think, uh, I used to think a few things when I played. I, I used to think, don't try and fight a big centre half. If there's a little one you can bully, I always used to think, <laughs> why would you? Why would you want to make yeah. life difficult for yourself when you when you could make it easy? So you know, you, we'd, we'd we'd talk about you know who we were going to uh, peel on and and uh, you know how you could how we could cause other teams problems, but with two strikers. And there's, you know, I know Celtic had the uh, had the success. Lee Griffiths coming back into the team. There's room. There's, there's always room for two strikers, because if teams are playing with a back four, as most most teams play, I know some teams play with a back three, and you can say that. But you're actually two v two when you think about it. Mm. Therefore, if they're not getting the protection, you're getting the right service, and your movements are good, and you have that understanding. The little overs, the little play round corners, the, you know, little dragging them into areas where the other one try and drag one out, and the other striker can run in. And you have that, then you have a great chance to, to cause problems. Obviously, the higher level you go, the better the centre halves, the more difficult it is. But it still doesn't matter when things click and you're getting the right service. No matter what level you're playing at, and you know, I'm talking about sort of some of the some of the Champions League and, and European games we had uh, at home. We, we could we could hurt anybody and we did hurt hurt teams and and that's you know that a lot of that we respected teams but we always knew you know the right the right service we're you know you don't have, we didn't have to shout it from the rooftops but inside we think we you know we're good we we get it right we'll we'll do you some damage so that means a notable absentee there of a guy you mentioned right at the start of this George Weir doesn't make it and you've you've covered a little bit about his career the World Player of the Year winner um, and for yeah, but, he, uh, but George is a bit older and yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, the other thing is is George is too busy concentrating on being president of Liberia <laughs> yeah. which is a more important role so. I was going to say for, for any younger listeners we're actually talking about Timo Weir's dad that, that's the probably yeah. re- reference point <laughs> yeah but George Weir was, I mean, people, you know, listen, you should just Google George Weir uh, goals. I mean, yeah. ridic- rid- he was ridiculous. He was a ridiculous player. He was such a, a, an unbelievable footballer. And actually, at Chelsea, you know, when he came, I, uh, I, uh, I sort of brightened up a little bit and uh, really enjoyed playing with him. I mean, he was phenomenal. I just want to say thanks very much to to Chris for joining us. That was great. Appreciate that, Chris. No, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Uh, and take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.